Hey guys, what's up? It's Lizzie Jane, and we're back with another episode of the XO Podcast. This episode is coming to you live from Forbidden Kingdom. I had the pleasure of sitting down with a longtime acquaintance. I would like to say friend, Aaron. He goes by the artist named Heritage. He is on a roll right now. Today, he just announced his new EP coming out on Excision's label, Subsidia Records. He's had multiple EPs on Cannabon Records, has released on almost every label you know, and the future is so bright for him, Excision, DJ Snake, and some of the top headliners that you all know support his tracks on the regular. I'm so proud of him, and I was stoked to be able to sit down and catch up with Aaron. Without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and we're coming to you live from Forbidden Kingdom. You're tuning in to the XO Podcast. <laughs> Aaron. Lizzie Jane. How are you? I'm hot. It's warm. It's so hot. Oh my goodness. It's toasty. It is. It's, yeah. It's Florida in June. I don't know what I expected. What are you thinking about for your set tomorrow? How hot is it going to be tomorrow? Well, I don't look at the weather report, but it looks like at least it's going to cap out at 90. There'd be a little bit of cloud coverage like there is right now, but... You but know, with humidity, it'll feel like one of the It three. is, yeah. Now, luckily, I moved to Texas not that long ago, and we have our days. You know, we have our days where we keep up with Florida, but yeah, it's just it's just seasonal for y'all. I don't I don't get it's it. It's so seasonal. Um, for all of those listening, this is Heritage. Thank Hello. you so much for coming on the podcast. More than happy to do we it. We are live from Hot as Fuck Forbidden Kingdom. You know, out here the spot. Yeah, we we tried to hook it up. We tried to get the the air conditioner unit. We're trying to get it blowing. We got. Our rock star being cracked. This is not going to cool me down at all. It is not going to cool you down at all, but we're still going to try. We're going to go for it. I just pretty much have a cup of ice at this point, and we're going for it. Where did we meet? Was it... Oh, where did we meet? Was it that not not the uh, last hysteria, but the one before? The one before. It was the one before. Yeah, with the bookshelves and everything. Yeah. I remember I met you briefly. It was at that, like, house in the middle. Remember the house that they, yeah, everyone they had was staying in? At this weird wedding center thing, but it was like the perfect place for a venue because you could just crash at the venue in a room with a bed and air conditioning. I just remember Bentley being so fucked up that he was just roaming. Remember? Because oh, it fun. was he you <laughs> and Pixel Terror and it was Dr. Ozzy. Yeah. It was a killer lineup. Oh, it was great. It was fire. And then yeah. the Joker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was actually... That whole, that whole day... Bit of a, it's been years now, but yeah, that whole day was was fantastic. That whole venue was fantastic. That's what I love about like boutique festivals, and I mean, this is kick-ass too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, Coming out of COVID, yeah, seeing all of this is just like incredibly surreal. There, there's something different about being that much closer to your audience and having that much. You know, you 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 can kind of you can kind of connect to everybody when it's a smaller capacity. Yes. You know, in front of six thousand people, it's a little different you know you're you're i see i see yeah exactly you kind of play the game a little bit right but it's it's much it's that's what i like about these small like i've played a bunch of shows that were you know 500 cap or less lately and the ability to talk to everybody and kind of get through the motion and really make a connection to people city to city is is something that is 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 that's something that's got to be cherished over anything oh my gosh and it helps build your like personal connection personal relationship with people in each city and i'm right there with you where like the energy at those 500 or smaller cap shows is literally contagious most most notably my san antonio crowd has done the most i i have never played for a wilder group of people in san antonio well you're from texas where are you from in texas well so i uh i actually grew up so 
this is such a dumb timeline. Um, no, I'm Canadian. Me. I'm Canadian okay. first and foremost. Green, I hear green it. card. Oh, it, yeah. It, I can't stop it. Makes sense. Um, green card. Moved over to Cali- uh, Moved over to Oregon. Lived in Oregon like twenty something years. Grew up. Grew up there with with the fam. And then uh, job was good. Girlfriend was good. Everything was fine. You know, still working on music. But it was very green to the whole industry. Yeah. And and. Uh, I became friends with Carbon first and foremost. He lived in the Dallas. It was hours away from me. And I used to make a five-hour round trip because he would show up at the airport. He's just a kid. Like, he would Greyhound home. And that only ran two days a week. So it was like, dude, I got a car. Like, I'm working all the time. Take you home. So I'd drive him two and a half hours to go to his house, which was in the middle of nowhere. Like, just, just, like, barely had a zip code. And then I'd come back home. And that ended up turning into meeting a whole bunch of people because, like, boss happened and he he took off mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just Discord chats with people. And Crisley ended up being one of the people I met. We were yes. playing Rocket League and stuff and PUBG, and we all sucked. And uh, he was like, dude, just move out to Texas. Like, like let's do the music thing. And I was like, like, everything's fine. You know, I don't need to worry about this. And then within about a month of each other, girlfriend fell apart, job, like, fell apart. They were trying the to get me. Universe aligned. They were trying to get me to migrate a system that I'd never, like, barely heard of and they were like yeah you got to convert it to this new one and i'm like i'm like i'm a dj i don't know what the hell's going on here so i quit what did you do it was uh, i was managing a, a bank system like a bank's phone system and managing like two to four million calls a day in and out like it was yeah it was all that kind of stuff and you know i was just the the end user right i was monitoring the system i didn't know the ins and outs of it so when we got too deep i was like i i'm out you need somebody smarter than me at the same time that happened, my girlfriend at the time had a, uh, you know, uh, uh, like a seasonal depressive thing going on, and it made more sense to stop. She at was that being point. a girl. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, but it was serious at the yeah, same time. Yeah, you know, yeah, was, no, absolutely. So at that point, I was like, Chris, like, when's that room opening up, you know? And six weeks within all that happening, I, I ditched everything and, and moved out here. Wow. Um, had a going away party for it and everything. Like, like they, uh, my friends are the best back home. They built a dance floor and they put my bear logo. I had a bear logo at the time. They built a dance floor, painted it black, and then they put my my logo in the dead center with like a bunch of neon splatter art, and then had black lights over it. And we had like a whole dance party at like a vineyard. One That's night. amazing. It was so much fun. So that kind of signed us off to to move out here, and and so now I've been living in South Austin for like. I want to say two and a half years now. I moved uh, the day I showed up. Two cl- two nightclubs closed down. Two EDM nightclubs closed down the, the night I moved there, and so our 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 industry kind of cut. It felt like it cut in half that day, and uh, so I was like, oh, "That's a bad sign." But things have been magnificent since then. You know, the, the Texas the, is huge Texas for the Texas is nuts. Yeah, it, it, they are about, and it, the farther you go from the city, the crazier some of those kids tend to get with this stuff. You know, really, it's, it's yeah, like it's great to be able to go in and get a big crowd, but like you go out into like some of the smaller out, like you've got your, I don't know if it's called the Tri Cities, but you got Houston, Austin, and Dallas, and um, you know those obviously the crowds are there because of population density, but you go a little bit south or north of that, and and those are where the parties tend to happen. Wow, oh, that's fucking so dope. Much fun. And you were saying like about the five hundred cap, like smaller venues. You've been playing, you've been killing it first off. Literally, like, I just remember, I remember you with the Bear logo. Yeah. Like, that's when I met you, and, like, at the time, you were working with Mig. Yep. And, like, wonderful guy. And, like, he's going to be here around today. Oh, yeah, I saw him. I already saw him. Oh, God, I have to see him. Yeah, I got to see him later. But I remember the Bear logo, and then I remember him just being like, yo, 
these guys, like his tracks, like are phenomenal. I'm like, okay, let me like let me listen. Like all oh, listen. I was just a consumer at the time. I was like, wow, that's like fucking fire. And then all of a sudden, it was like a year went by, and then movement happened and DJ Snake was supporting (laughs) it and Diplo was supporting it and every big person was supporting it and then you were like in the top 10 for 101 track lists and like like close to it top 20 top 20 top 20 for for the yeah the the, the dubstep and trap category which is huge and then Excision's been supporting your tracks for a long fucking time and now you've done countless releases with the fam at Cannaballin as well as Subsidia yep. and labels here and there in between, you know? So how has it felt to just have this kind of, like, grassroots growth? It's been, without having a reference point, right, I, I feel, like, uh, ecstatic. Whenever something new comes up, you know, that, that we get a new opportunity, it's always like, oh, my God, this is incredible that, like, we're in the position we're in to get considered for something like that. Like, this is this will be the biggest uh, show I've played so far. Are you on the stage? Uh, not Village. that one. I think The Village. Yeah, yeah which far, they're all massive. Recording. They're all great. Yeah. The, the, the bass is, is immaculate on all three of them, so sh- shout out for Ben Kingdom and everybody for, for pulling that off because it all seems great. Somniac usually pulls great. it together. They, they, you know, I heard they do a, a few of these around the U.S. So, yeah, just, you know. You know. But, they, you know, it, it, it always feels like... Uh, I don't want to call it Christmas, but, like, it feels like Christmas whenever a new thing comes along that, like, we've been working for it the whole time, so it's like, yeah, we're getting the things that we've been working towards, but it still feels like a surprise when it's like, hey, this, this, uh, you know, here's a, here's somebody interested in a collaboration, or, or just even walk, like, the best feeling in the world right now is, like, I walk through the crowd, go, I run into some homies that are in GA, and somebody reaches out and is like, oh, you know, and it's a fist bump, or it's a photo, and whatever, that's the best feeling in the world. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I did. That's where, like, all of the work... And, and it is true. It's, like, sometimes... And I feel like both of our paths are similar in in the sense where we've taken it very slowly in certain aspects. And it's nice because you never really move backwards because you're creating these, like, uh, these like house of bricks instead yeah. of straw that's just going to blow over. That's a big thing. I, yeah. I think one of the smartest things you can do is structure yourself before you get... Especially now. You know, the, the industry the industry strategy 10 years ago and the industry strategy today is clearly different. You have a whole team of people working towards things, and, and, and some of the biggest success stories over the last five years are evident of that. They don't build the same way that, that you know, it was before. And it's not because anything's wrong, but because nothing's everything's fluid. If you look how quick the sound industry has evolved within EDM over the past few years, of course it's different. Yeah. But you've got to be prepared and and one of the hardest things to do is to build your success off coming up way too fast because that's a pain in the butt you've got to be ready to go you've got to be innovative you got to be on top of things and if you don't have stuff pre-written before you know as far as your branding and your design your strategy you know and and having like several months of music is is, is obviously just the cornerstone of that um it's hard to keep going you know it's and, so hard. and yeah i think uh I think building a dedicated fan base, I think Swarm's somebody who does that really well. You know, we're, we're in Florida, so of course we're going to talk about him. I, it, 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 when you, every little thing he has is to a T, and he's very much himself, and it's very much the presentation and everything is, is magnificent. Uh, on top of being one of the most genuine people you can run into. Brandon's amazing. Yeah. It was very nice that you got to play collab out with him last week. I got to get up there and sing yeah. with him, which yeah, was yeah, super yeah. fucking Isn't stoked. It? Yeah. yeah, and Brandon is 
not only is he a very genuine person, but he's the perfect epitome of having a vision and taking the time to do it how he wants to yeah. do it and proving yeah. that it can work. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And then you see him now, and it's like, yeah, no, he didn't just get shot into the stratosphere, but, like, the people in Florida and the people close to him, like yourself, have watched him build this, like, almost cult following mm-hmm. where, like, they would die for oh, yeah. Brandon, the, you know? The, 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 the chants and screams of his name before he got on stage was one of my favorite things because there were people who were, be, they were beside themselves um, because it, it was, it, you know, it, it was just such an exciting thing to see. Um, definitely. You know, and I mean, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him, you know, yes. above Oh my anything. gosh. It's, it's well, so those great. are the people you want to see succeed. Of course. You know? Yeah. And I feel like now more than ever, even though it's incredibly like, it is a saturated industry. I yeah, get it. I totally absolutely. get it. There are, I feel like from, you know, not kind of going gender wise, but from a female standpoint and from a male standpoint, there's so much talent that are doing it the, the quote unquote yeah. right way. Even though there isn't an A to Z, like it, it's people who are taking their time saying, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what I'm uniquely going to bring to the table. And this is the vision that I have. I had a friend do, um, I want to talk about the the women in the industry thing because at Texas yeah. Texas surprise well, I don't want to say surprisingly but Texas interestingly enough has a much stronger um, group of women DJs than than most any other cities I've seen I've like seen. The, the baked up girls and and everyone else that's involved because um, I'm sure it stems beyond that too there's a lot of girl DJs out there and it's it's fucking cool because when I, when I was in you know when I was in Oregon or I was in everywhere else it was like. It's the guys, you know, and, and there were there were a few, but um, I had a friend do an icon course not that long ago, and out of forty kids, two of them were women. Um, you know, I don't have much of a perspective as a guy, you know, because yeah. like what the what the fuck do I know? But <laughs> yeah, what do you see that starting to change as far as because because you you've been doing this for a minute? Do you Absolutely, see that starting yes. to change. Okay, good. Yes, I was. It's funny because, like, Grizzly and I just had this conversation. When he was on the podcast, we did it virtually. We did it, like, online. And he, like, you know, being himself, turned some questions around on me, just like the wonderful human he is. And he's like, you know, what's some advice you're going to offer to girls? Like, da-da-da. And the way that I kind of summarized it, you know, our podcast was, like, four hours long. But it's just, I remember when I started... And I looked at, like, Alice in Wonderland, and I looked at Rez, and they were so far away. And there was maybe, like, me. I got introduced to Jeannie. And that was, like, it. Right. Like, like I knew what maybe, I knew Hades, yeah. Savannah. And that was it. And now. Well, whipped cream, too. And, and Caroline and whipped yeah. cream, too. Yeah. I looked at her. And, you know, there's a girls on the house side as well. But as, like, a support system for the level we were at. It was almost Most non-existent. Yeah. And and then and especially to the point where they may have been DJs, but they didn't make they didn't have a desire to make music. Yeah. You know? So but now I look at Girl Gang, I look at Baked Up, Absolutely. I look at even from like the blog side, people yeah. like Trilvo, like Victoria, and all right. of them, there's women everywhere. All all the people running the show today are women. You know, you look at like the back end and the front end yeah. of it from an artist perspective yeah. to like management, TMing, production, stage managing. So many women are taking like a, a st- like a, a new standhold in this industry, and it's really really awesome. But I also think it's on the back end realizing now you can't just be a girl to make it happen for you. That's well. At one point, it was like oh. 
you know, you'll get more opportunities because you're a female. Oh, and that's something that, like, we've all discussed and talked about. Makes sense. But now, you know, there's girls in every corner in every state making great music. Oh, yeah. And they're and they've got these visions or they're working for labels. And it's like, if you want to play the game, like, you got to be ready to work just like anybody else. Exactly. And, yeah. I, I said... Um, what one of my perspectives on because there's an issue with perspective of of women DJs. Well, it's in the hard industry. for somebody like you to talk and it be like it be like uh, oh well he understands where I'm coming from. Yeah, I, I you know I'm I'm out of the, I'm out of the block. You know I, I I work on music at home in my house. I'm very much to myself. I have my YouTube videos and stuff that I like. Yeah, I learn the same way everybody else learns at home without you know having a professional anything. And so my perspective on the matter is I'm just now seeing the scope of things and, 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 you know, how things have changed and, and really getting a firsthand experience. Cause you know, when you're on the back burner, like, I don't know anything. And, uh, I think one of the perspective issues that, that people have had up until this point is the, they, they've kind of like the, the people involved in the industry have contributed to, um, women having a barrier to get involved. And it only had to do with, or and that didn't only have to do with, but part of that had to do with population density too. Yes. I can point to a thousand different male producers, and I know, let's say arbitrarily one in a hundred are, are super talented. Yeah. I can point to a handful and be like, these are you guys. Yeah. When your talent pool, it just based on volume, is smaller with another group of individuals, some people, they don't dig deep enough to find, okay, who's really, you know, who's really taken off? Yeah. And there's some people that will just sit back and they're like, well, I've checked like five profiles and I didn't see anything I like. So like women are bad at music or, or some stupid stigma yeah. like that. And it's like, you got to get your head out of your ass a little yes. bit. You know what I mean? Like you got to get <laughs> yeah. your head out of your This is not, this is not like, I can understand like if you're at a world's strongest man competition and you have a bunch of six foot nine figures and you're like, oh, a girl can't get involved in that. Well, no shit. Yeah. You know, but we're talking music or we're talking artistic, creative and organizational strategies. And the most organized and creative people I've ever met in my life are women. So yeah. don't fucking tell me for a second that like like women can't do any of this stuff because they're going to be better at it than you. And there's a bunch that are. You just haven't seen them yet, you know. And and so, you know, yes. get over it. It's, it's yes. you know. These, no, these, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it is up to people like you and, like, Chris. And, like, for what I told Chris was that now, fortunately, for every man that, that is, quote, unquote, resentful of seeing a woman succeed, I know a man who is rooting for a woman to succeed. So so there are men pushing. Right. And it's just because we are in a male kind of dominated industry where it is important for men to push for girls because eventually right. the playing field will be even. You know, it will, and exactly. we'll get there. I'm so excited to see the next five years, the next ten oh, years, yeah. because I feel like people like you and I and Chris and, and all of them, we're not going anywhere. Brandon, you know, we're here for the long run. Right. So it's going to be so cool to see this scene evolve, and it's like even from when I got involved to when you got involved, it's changed so much. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, when you started... What was your... So you moved down to Texas. You moved in with Chris. And are you still roommates with Chris? Still roommates, yeah. That's amazing. How yeah. many years? Uh, like, I've been, the whole time I've been in Texas, so like two two to two and a half years. I think we're coming... It'll be three in August, I think. Because okay. we did our first year, and then we had our COVID year together, which was great. And uh, and then, yeah, this will be How the was the year. COVID year? Awful. That was the worst. I was joking. That was the worst life. It was the, probably one of the worst years of my life. Both of my industries that I was involved with, because oh. um, I also built cryotherapy chambers on the on you yep. know, as a as a as a part time job. So tell me about that. 
it was, I mean, I accidentally got involved in refrigeration experience and I yeah. kind of learned it over the phone out of necessity. It was a, it was a, it was a company that, um, was co-owned by a friend of mine, started dating one of my best friends. They actually met at my going away party Aww. and she happened to co-own a cryotherapy company and he just happened to be a thermo thermodynamic engineer. And so it was like, okay, well, of course they're, they're, you know, yeah. that's all the same thing. And, uh, I got involved in the company building some stuff and then it, it the, the role started to evolve very quickly from there and uh, I'm one of those people that like I'm gonna I'm gonna lock jaw onto this and, and figure it out if it kills me and Definitely. it almost killed me and, and we got to the point where we were installing machines for like I put one in at the University of Alabama for their football team like we, we've put them in wellness centers there's like 24 all over the US so far but in the middle of COVID with an economic downturn the last thing somebody's going to do is buy a $100,000 machine. That would be correct. So, you know, we spent some time doing some builds, a lot of maintenance and things, uh, you know, trying to figure out the industry. And, uh, you know, the, the the money and the time I expended to, expected to spend doing that didn't, you know, didn't show up. And now things are looking great because we're coming out of COVID. But now I'm also in the position where the music thing turned around because I stayed busy at that at the same time. And so now I've taken a backseat to that position and, and I'm just mainly focusing on music. And that's the goal, right? That's the goal. I yeah. mean, why, you know, why not? And, and frankly, if it didn't turn into anything, big deal. I gave it the attempt. It, it wouldn't have worked out. Then I've got a career in cryotherapy. I think yeah. one of the worst things you can do right now is put all your ducks in a row, but then fold and, and put your cards all into this one thing that may or may not work. Yeah. And that's not because you, you need to follow your passions, but you also need to pay attention to Realistic. taking care of yourself. Yeah, because I, I have some friends that went homeless because they were trying to make things work. And for some of them, they'll be able to pull themselves out and have an excellent career. But you got to measure that for yourself. You got to measure that for yourself with anything, you know. I feel like that kind of plays into the concept of mental illness in our industry, to, you know, where where you know, it's it's very important. I feel like when we went into COVID, this was especially if you were a touring DJ, all you were all in. This was all or nothing. And especially in our industry, that's where you make 95% of your income from. Right. I mean, let's just be real. We're yeah. not making livable wages yeah. on, on music plays and right. music streaming. Coming from someone who gets millions of streams, like, you know, can, does it pay more than a few months rent? Yeah, I mean... No, it, no. It, 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 it is very difficult to make a living off of streaming within the bass music that I make. And I'm yeah. very fortunate to have the, the stats that I do. Most of that's TikTok right now. I got really, like, randomly 40 Cal took off on TikTok's TikTok. TikTok's wild, TikTok's bro. nuts. If I didn't have that performance, I would be making, like, a quarter of what I would. And, and even then, I don't even think it's enough to pay the bills by itself. So absolutely. But there's a strategy there too. I mean, if you can, you could be an artist that never tours. And I know people who get, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 million streams a year and they don't play shows. They, they just get BMI checks and their stuff ends up in movies and advertisement and stuff like that. And then, and you know, their paychecks are going to outlive mine forever. So there, there's, there's really a bunch of different ways to do it. But when you're dealing with the underground bass category, I mean, just, just looking at the experience with the algorithms and stuff, you're not going to get, I, I got very lucky to get a million streams on a dubstep track. You know, it, it's not going to happen a lot. And if you do want it to happen, you might have to put a bunch of money in. 
And that's the other back end. That's the other back end. The promotional back end and the marketing back end. Just for people to be able to see your stuff on their feeds and their pages and all of that. And it's like not only is it the time investment, but it's the financial investment. And then where are you making that money back Mm -hmm. to even break even? Because you watch people and it's like, They'll play so many shows and they'll do tours and stuff, and then all that money goes right back into the project. Right, and it go, you know, right. and then it's like, where is the money that you're taking home? Yeah, I think that that's a struggle that a lot of there there isn't as much um, business knowledge that comes in with with being a producer. Like I I took business I got a I got an associates in business science before I realized that college was not my shit. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I learned was that, you know, uh, I'd say three out of four times a business is not profitable. First of all, three out of four times a business fails. And then most of the time a business isn't profitable until years after it starts up. So you're in the red working off of loans, working off of whatever. And, and as a music producer, um, you know, you can put, you can put loans in and start working on advertising or you can try and build it up on the side. But, um, that's a that's a dangerous game to play is just to dump all your money in and 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 yeah i i don't have a whole lot of good advice there um i know um obviously i can i can say quality of product is going to stand out over anything if you innovate in this industry it will uh it will give you an opportunity in order to take that somewhere yeah um but you know there there is a lot of challenges uh financially with being able to make this stuff happen and and it's and it's a lot of in the red before you get back to ground zero. And and but that's with a lot of careers, you know. It's not just this. But I, I feel there isn't a single thing you could open at a storefront that's just profitable within the first couple months. No, not at all. In years, if yeah. that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I feel like right now the way the industry is moving. Not only have we gotten some incredibly forward-thinking music over COVID, which is wonderful, but it's also yeah. like the more that you can uniquely bring your own spin to whether it's your music, your branding, your presentation, doing something like a Patreon for income or podcast or a YouTube channel, like that is adding to your value and worth that you're able to take on stage or put into your music. Patreon, Patreon's been a really interesting one because a lot of artists have gotten to the point where they can promote certain content that only exists on Patreon and, you know, get subscribers that way. Say it's the sophisticated OnlyFans. Only fans, only only fans had no fucking idea what was about to happen, and I still see ads. I I still see these ads. They're like these these people DJing, these people promoting their own like handmade content stuff. I'm like, you don't like that's not what this is for. Floyd Mayweather had an OnlyFans hat on. Yeah, at his fight against whoever. Fight. Yeah. Did you watch that shit? Yeah, of course. I mean, oh it's, it was God. a, it was a, uh, it was like what they said. It was a perfect legalized robbery. It was a perfect business move. It but was a perfect business yeah, move. We, we, oh we my bought, God. we bought a fight to see uh, an, a, a giant ass YouTuber fight a guy who literally has only fallen down in the ring um, over was a referee error. When he got done, he looked like he went for a light jog to the forbidden stage. Yeah, he didn't try to back. knock that guy out. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Why, you know, why would he? What did he get? 31 mil? And then the other kid got 21 mil? Like and that, that wasn't yeah. even winning. That was just to that do That was the just fight. to do it. Because yeah. there was no, there was only winning if you got a TKO. It wasn't a legitimate fight. they didn't promote to yeah. do on an exhibition anyway. So it's like, what are you watching? Yeah. it's And what? The pay-per-view was like 150, 120? What was it? Something like that. Yeah, it's, it was something like that. I didn't even check. I, I found this yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's where a lot of people were no, at. Don't, but don't I would sue leave, me. No, no, yeah, don't sue me. Um, 
I was waiting for him to knock him out, and I was like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. First of all, he's too big. Yeah. Not that I'm a, like, first of all, like, I'm not a fucking fighter, all right? Like, I don't, I don't know anything about that stuff, but I do know when you are 30 pounds and, and several inches above your opponent, it is really hard to get knocked out by that guy. He's yeah. not getting in. He's not getting deep. There were a bunch of fantastic counters, but yeah. I don't even think it was on the guy's agenda anyway. To, no. To, you know? He was hanging back, taking just brief jabs, and, like, hanging out. And then, like, the, the hit rate was, like, Logan Paul take, took, like, I think it was like 300% more hits yeah. and then hit like a, uh, like half less than actual. Like, oh, you beat Mayweather so he didn't. He beat the, the little meme of him like on his phone tweeting because they're all YouTube stars right. and they're Twitter stars right. and like all that and look, shit. I, and I, I, I props to him for getting the opportunity and props to him for, for right. being realistic There has about to be it. some commend for, to him for doing that. And you just got $20 million to power around with Mayweather. Like that's pretty fun cool. Yeah. But, you know, it, 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 it was an exhibition match. It was, you know, it was a business opportunity, and and that's really all you can look at it with it. It absolutely was. But, so, back to you before we go. Let's talk about me. Um, Let's talk about you. Uh, So, what is there to look forward to for the Heritage Project in in the next coming months? You always have something new coming. You always have something new coming. Can't announce certain things before they happen. That's fine. But um, I do have that serious XM thing coming up tomorrow with, with Shaq. Shaq. Yes. Um, there's goodies in that project, um, and there will be plenty of more announcements coming there. Um, additional show lineups and things like that will be coming out over the next, like you know, all, I think all the way through the rest of the year. Well, oh, your team's great now. Do you like? Yeah, I mean, aren't they great? My team's been great the whole time. Yeah. I, I, you know, every everybody since like, oh God, when did I get involved? Like 2015 onward. Their dedication has been to the the success the success of the brand. In any case, like Mig is a wizard at finding the people that are next up, and and it, I didn't learn that from me. I learned that from his project right now, Silent Silent Child. Like that kid's nuts. He has an eye for it. He, he, he's got an eye for it. You know. Yeah, and and now you know the the the, the team that we have is. Um, a, a bunch of people who are doing a ton of amazing things are incredibly well organized and they're innovative and they have all the the fine details laid out in order to make the project function the way it's supposed to and and all i got to do at this point is i got to sign a few forms and you know keep coming up with my new ideas and 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 marketing from there and that's about it that's know? how the wheel is supposed that's to go this, around yeah. but yeah, as far as announcements go, we're going to see a bunch of things coming out over the rest of the year and into next year. Um, some of those, obviously, we can't really bring up until I see a poster totally for them, but yeah. you know how you know how it goes. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel you. Well, I greatly appreciate you coming on today. So much. Thank you so yeah, much, Aaron. Um, if you're at Forbidden Kingdom, go check his set tomorrow on the Village Stage, 4 p.m. 5 yeah, p.m. It moves. Check every half hour. It keeps moving. It, it keeps moving. <laughs> All right, that's good. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. All I appreciate right, it. Peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the XO Podcast. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that are return listeners and viewers. It means the world to me. And do not forget to check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane for a first opportunity to hear these podcasts ad-free. Give us some input who you want to see on the podcast. Ask questions, one-on-one lessons, group lessons, live streams, and so much more. This is Lizzie Jane, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the EXO Podcast.